Welcome to Cue the Apology, a parent's guide to faith at home. You might make mistakes as a parent, but you are the expert on your kids. We're not really experts on anything, but we've read some books. You did it wrong. Oh, I'm Gavin. <laughs> You're Gavin. I'm Nate. All right, so <laughs> it's all good. We, we know who we are. People know who we are. So yeah, cue the apology. That's Gavin. I'm Nate. And uh, we've had like a week off. We pre-recorded an episode and apparently that's just thrown <laughs> the game. We have no idea what we're doing Clearly anymore. Too much Not that time. we knew what we were doing to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> But we have some, read some books in the we meantime. We did. Yeah, we did read some books. I uh, I spent a lot of time reading my Bible this time. Wow. <laughs> that wow, sounds horrible. <laughs> we're talking you don't about hear just, that every day. <laughs> that we're talking about parenting and discipleship and, and how to raise your kids and in a, a healthy Christian way. And I'm like, oh yeah, I read my Bible this week. <laughs> hey, that's the best book to be reading. So. <laughs> yeah, it's good. good. So Gavin, we're going to talk about baptism. Let's go specifically water baptism. Okay. Would you like to explain that a little bit? Uh, well, first I was going to ask you what your thoughts are. Oh, wow. Look at that. Just turn the tables. Well, here we go. Um, my thoughts on water baptism. Yeah. I think I've grown up always viewing water baptism as a sign or a confession of your faith in Jesus. Okay. And it kind of being the symbol of you being raised with Christ, like dying to your old life, being raised again with him in front of like your friends, your family and the yep. church, like making that public declaration. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, this, is, this is my jam. This is what I believe. Yeah. Do you, do you remember your baptism? I do actually, because it was a really funny moment. Let me explain. So okay. you don't you, hear you know that baptism is not supposed to be funny, right? <laughs> yeah. I realize that now, but I got baptized when I was 12, came to faith at 12, Six months later, I was like, let's do this thing. So I'm getting baptized by the assistant pastor, Pastor Alvin. Shout out to you at Stone Church. Does he listen? No. Okay. Uh, maybe. Still maybe. shout out. If you are listening, thanks for listening. But I was 12. I had long hair. Not really long hair like I do now. I couldn't get it in a bun. Oh, yeah. I saw the pictures. You were like a blonde troll doll. Yeah. I don't even want to talk it about puffy. it anymore. It's fantastic. <laughs> so we do the baptism. It's awesome. I come up from the water after being dunked and I just had this habit of flicking my hair after I came out of no, any sort like, of water. And so I just <laughs> flick my hair and all the water splashes on like, Pastor Alvin. Just like supermodel coming <laughs> yeah. out of the water. Just, I am it's a like, renewed creation. This is just my new life. Hair <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, bad. mine's not much better. It, it's around <laughs> the same time. I was probably about 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in a swimming pool oh, in the summer. Nice. Oh, yeah. we The church rented out a senior center. So like we didn't have our own baptistry or baptismal oh, tank or whatever way you want to call it. So it was somebody's backyard. Like It was really cool because my cousin got baptized at the same time. And then we had like a church family picnic afterwards. So there's like this whole big celebration moment, which was fantastic. Oh, that's so cool. But for some reason, we started talking about how long do we stay under? Wait, which is wait, really that should never be a discussion how long which is st- like everybody's question i think I, especially kids like how long are we under do does it because it's we say we die to christ does that mean like i actually feel like i'm dying under there is it like that whole star wars thing where you're driving in snow at night and it's just like feels like warp drive flying at you like what is it like under there this water literally refines you if you're not under there for at least 60 seconds well, right? then you're not changed like what's the purpose <laughs> if it's just a splish splash we're out 
So I went down and I felt around on, on the, and so it did feel like an eternity because I had time to feel yeah. around the pool floor and I found like a, a, a ripple because it was above ground pool. Yeah. So like in the liner, there's a ripple and I could hold on to it. So I tried to hold myself down longer. What was your... Was my motive to, motive to be under the longest because it made me more holy. Oh, that's, yeah, I get that. No, you shouldn't get that. That's not, that's not how baptism works. And that's why I want to talk about it today. Uh, I've been doing a bunch of research about baptism for a sermon. And there's just been some crazy stuff that I figured out that's A, in the Bible, and B, that's just not in the Bible. And it's just mm. kind of in our head. And so I want to talk about this because a lot of kids really do come to the point of baptism around the age of 12. Yeah, That's kind of like the median point where you're like, Hey, I'm not a kid anymore. I can make this kind of decision on my own. And I, it's really kind of the first Christian decision you can make on your own. Yeah. Because you don't choose to go to Sunday school. Parents are like, out, off you go. <laughs> you don't really choose communion as it's kind of like, we're doing this as a family. Yeah. You don't choose to pray. You, you've been doing that since you were kind of born. Parents are like, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray over you. But really baptism is the first act that you get. To choose even your Bible you don't choose these are all these are all given to you but baptism yeah. is the one that can't be given to you by you your hope. parents by you your hope parents. yeah yeah I mean we're not going all Nacho Libre here we just like <laughs> dunk someone in a bucket in front of them and be no like, forced baptism. Yeah. yeah we we do not believe in forced baptism just putting that out there at the beginning if you take anything remember we do not do forced baptism <laughs> it is all voluntary so yeah, so I'm, I'm doing this research and I'm like, okay, we need to get this kind of in people's heads. So first thing I want to put out there, just point blank, baptism is not salvation. Mm. Just because you've been baptized doesn't mean you are saved. Yeah. Now, on the flip side of that, like all the commentary guys that I've been reading through and historians or what whatnot, there wasn't really an option in the early church of not being baptized. Yeah, because didn't they say quite often, repent and be baptized? Yeah, like, it's that was like a common... one, two. Yeah. It, it's literally the one, two punch. It's like, okay, I have come to faith. I believe that Jesus is my savior. Sweet. Let's get you under. Let's get you out. You're reborn. You're renewed. Yeah. And I mean, if you go into some sweet church history, it was way cooler than our backyard pool baptisms that oh, yeah. I did, where like, it, it was a little weird because you got naked, but... oh. Yeah, that, that was part of it. <laughs> yeah, it was naked. And so like men and women did it separately, yeah. uh, but they gave you new clothes out of it too. Like oh, that was cool. part of the church caring for people that you, you went in and you had this baptismal moment and you mm. came out with white new clothes. It was this whole ordeal wow. of newness of getting rid of your old self, taking on the new self. Uh, uh, scripture actually says that you are clothed mm. in, in Christ. That it is. So they went with it. Like that's, that was just it. They're like, let's do it. Let's yeah. give you some new clothes. That's powerful. Cause I think when we think of like our resurrection bodies or things like that, like you often think like white, like pure, holy. And when you think of Jesus, when he ascent, like when he resurrected from the grave, you think of like white glowing and it's like, you're kind of partnering in that. Yeah. But also let's think of little kids with white clothes. How long are those going to stay white? Not long. Like, like two minutes. The amount of time I see you or I spill our lunch <laughs> here on our shirts. Yeah. And we'll like wear black shirts. So it's like, it's not really there. Don't worry about it. But yeah. like we do it all the time. So I, white clothes can be this really beautiful imagery, but I think it's also hard for kids because then you don't want to stain it. 
You don't yeah. want to ruin it. Hmm. And I want to get that imagery in our heads that you can't ruin your salvation, that whatever happens from the baptism doesn't change your salvation. That's good. I really took it at first as you just saying like practically, like they're going to stay in those clothes, but you <laughs> took it somewhere <laughs> deeper than that. Yeah, That's no, good. I know. Because we, I think we need to get that. Kids need to choose baptism on their own. As much as I'm saying it's generally the first act they do, it's also a very important act because mm-hmm. um, here's what one early church father said, because they were kind of debating this whole infant baptism, not infant baptism. Yeah. and. I'll kind of get to that in a second because we we don't believe in our church in infant baptism. Um, But one early church father said, uh, where is it? There we go. This is Tertullian, Mm. if anyone studies old church fathers. Uh, But he says, let them come when they are bigger, when they can learn, when they can be taught, when they come. Let them become Christians when they are able to know Christ. And that's really something I I drive and and believe in is that we do what some call dry baptism. Mm -hmm. So that's the child dedication. And more of that is for the parent in the church. Mm -hmm. Like that, that promise, that push is not saying, Hey, I'm going to sprinkle this kid just to make sure that like they get into heaven. But we are saying, no, as you dedicate your child, you are saying you will raise them up with the knowledge so they can make this decision on their own. Yeah. Yeah. That was always my takeaway from like child dedications. This is almost more a commitment on behalf of the church that the church is going to come alongside and partner with this family and raising this child. It really is a witness moment for the parents to say, hey, we are committing to this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy as I've been thinking about baptism. For me, it really it's relating a lot back to marriage. (laughs) which is kind of totally different. But at the same time, it's a public commitment. And when I do weddings, I generally ask the congregation, like those that are witnessing, to take a vow themselves, a promise, that Mm. they are going to be there in uh, thick or thin, for better or worse, all of that, to support the couple, that they're not doing this on their own. And that really is what we do with baptism. That's why it's so public. It's, hey, we're out there doing this to say, hey, keep me accountable. Hmm. This is the promise and commitment I'm making. And yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It shows the relational aspect of Christianity as a whole. Like we're not in this alone. And I think too often today we kind of think, oh, I don't need the church. I can do this whole spiritual thing, this whole Christian thing on my own. Yep. But so much of our faith is being connected, being together and celebrating Christ together because we hold each other accountable. We lift each other up when we're going through hard times. We celebrate I, and we support. Yeah, that's good. And and so we really we really do need that. And, and so here's kind of um, a yin and yang, black and white kind of piece. Hmm. If in communion we remember Jesus' death, then in baptism we remember his resurrection. I like that. And that's why those are two of our main practices. These are things we ask believers to participate in. Now, the difference is communion is done as a community. And so it's a communal um, thing that we we do together, Mm -hmm. remembering that death, whereas baptism is a one-time thing in that one person does it and others witness it. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. just kind of some, some facts, that, some things to get in there. Like as, as we teach kids, what, what is baptism? Why do we do it? Well, 
okay, we start with communion. You've learned this practice, remembering Jesus' death. Now, to remember and participate in Jesus' life, his resurrection, we do baptism, and we're all going to be here to witness that and celebrate that and Mm -hmm. keep you accountable to that, but in a healthy way. That accountable word has just gotten... I hear you looking for the helicopter. (laughs) I don't know if anyone else can hear it, it. but I can hear you looking... Well, no, I hear the helicopter, but I see you just like looking around. Instead (laughs) of eye contact, you're like, where'd the helicopter go? Okay, so because you put me on a tangent, here's my random fact that I found in the scripture that I want to just shock you with, and I hope it shocked you as much Let's as it shocked it. me. Let's do it. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 29. The baptism of the dead. Mm-hmm. What? Where's the gasp? And, uh, did you know that the early church, like in scripture, was baptized, the Corinthian church specifically, was baptizing people for the dead? Wait, it'd be like, I baptize you for grandma. Oh, like this is like for another person. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that took a long time to click in my mind. I was like, like they baptize dead people or like before people die, they like do a baptism thing. But it's a live representative yeah. gets baptized for somebody who has already died. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. Yeah, Paul's just straight up writing to the Corinthian church, and he's like, otherwise, what will they do who are being baptized for the dead? And he's just like, guys, this isn't how it works. And I, I think that gets into like just the Christian... Oh, so he's saying this isn't the no, practice this isn't to the do... Thing. Okay, this so he's isn't not the telling thing. us to baptize no, people. No. <laughs> you, you can't stand in place for someone. Yeah, yeah. Salvation is personal, and it comes only from Jesus. Yeah. And, and baptism is a, a visual representation of that inner change, that inner decision. And it's, uh, it's a culmination of a relationship. And that's where I like this marriage mm. idea is that when you see someone getting married, that isn't the start of their marriage. Yeah. That's a dedication moment. That's a commitment moment. It's a show of devotion. But there's a relationship and experiences that have led to it. And in the same way, your baptism is not your salvation. Mm-hmm. It, it's not the moment that says, okay, you have relationship in Christ. Yeah. It is a visual representation of the relationship that's already existed. Hmm. So it's the action that follows the relationship. Yeah. Basically. It's again, that out, that visual, that outward representation of something that happened inward. And that's why you can't be baptized for someone else. Yeah. That's good. Cause it's so personal. Yeah. Yeah. And it also doesn't mean that you're saved. Yes. Okay. So it, it, the, the theory is that the Corinthian church was maybe doing this in that like grandma got saved and then passed on the way to being baptized and, and didn't make it, didn't make it. So it's like, we're going to stand in yeah. for them. But that's, that Paul's like, no guys. I mean, that's a bad way of doing it, but well, yeah. Paul's just like, no, it, yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. That's important to note because that's actually something that a lot of people kind of debate is is baptized like do you need to be baptized to be saved like that's a big like yep kind of church conversation yep but yeah if you read scripture i think everything points you to that moment of salvation where you confess that jesus is lord and you invite him into your heart yeah, everything and- just kind of comes from that yeah. i mean 
Uh, let's go with this one. Colossians. You have received Christ Jesus as Lord. Continue to walk in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. Okay, cool. That makes sense. That's what we're, we're kind of talking about, that we're being raised up by our parents, learning the way. Yeah. Uh, be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. It, it's all about Jesus in this. It's not what we think is right. It's not like what practices do we put together. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him who is at the head of every ruler and authority. Mm. You were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism and which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. It's, mm. it's all about Jesus, that he erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed us and it was taken away by nailing it to the cross. Like The baptism doesn't bring about any of that we hear that gospel message first. We hear the truth of who Jesus was and who he is in our lives and who he is in this earth. And then as a response to that, as a display of of your commitment to that relationship, you enter into baptism. I like that. I like that perspective because it's now out of the overflow of the joy that comes from being in relationship with God that you now make a public kind of spectacle of it. Like this is what's been building inside of me and like I just need you all to see this and know this and experience this action with me which is interesting because circumcision was well we (laughs) it's private it's intimate yeah but yeah it's private it's intimate and it's usually done before relationship like there's moments like Abraham and things like that where it was after but then after that it just became like a cultural thing rather than yeah actually a resemblance of your relationship and you're being set apart for God. It's before any relationship. Yeah, that's actually really interesting that you brought that up because that's what some of the the commentators put is Mm. that we have in some ways taken baptism as spiritual circumcision, which it it kind of is, but we've put that in place of um, physical circumcision. So Jewish boys would have been circumcised and just to signify that you are part of the family, that it's your heritage. Like you adopted the faith. Yeah. You, you adopted that rigid religious belief. Um, and so we do that with baptism, especially infant baptism, where we're like, hey, we're just going to sprinkle you so that you are spiritually circumcised, that the faith of your parents now carries on for you and lives in you. Um, and yet, no. And, and, and yet, no. That's why we really believe that um, it should be done when you make that choice, that our responsibility as parents and, and the church is to help educate you and give you examples yeah. and um, raise you up. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. And this is making me like, I don't know if emotional is the right word, but it's like I'm just thinking of the moment of baptism where you come out of the water and you're now in this family. Like... Yeah. It is with people. So like where circumcision was super personal, um, yet in a way it was like, yeah, you're in this, but it's like just culturally baptism is this personal relationship that you've had with God. Now almost you're confessing that you're raised to life in this very public way. And now you're in this family and this family comes together to celebrate, yeah. to rejoice together and to be committed to encouraging you in your faith as you grow too. like it's. That's, man, 
the church is awesome in that <laughs> way. Like, <laughs> honestly, when we look back on some things, when we, we look back to where we started, there's, there's a lot of beauty. I mean, there's some messed up stuff too, like the whole oh, yeah. baptism of for the dead of the dead. But yeah, I don't pass that one. Yeah. Let me, let me give you this kind of thought and we'll wrap it up a bit, but in virtually every text in acts, baptism follows repentance and faith. You were talking about that, right? Yeah. Like you repent, you, you, you declare faith, you get baptized. Yeah. This demonstrates that it was a right of entrance into the Christian community. Hmm. The question of whether one could be saved apart from baptism was not asked by early Christians for unbaptized Christians were not heard of and were an anomaly. Yeah. yeah. All Christians received baptism upon believing in Jesus Christ and repenting of their sins. No debate existed on the necessity of baptism for it was unheard of any believer to refuse baptism. Yeah. It just goes to show how theoretical we make things now and how like debating we are like, does this mean this or this and this one back then it was just, you're a believer, like be baptized. Like there's no debate here. It's just, I think it's also a fear of commitment that our culture has taken on because oh, yeah. when I talk to people, like every, we do baptism twice a year at our church. We do, generally do it Christmas and Easter and we make it this big celebratory event with our, mm-hmm. our church family. And I, I love those services. Now, I know there are people in our church, adult, young adults, adults, teenagers that are not baptized. And every time I go to them, Hey, and they're like, Oh, I'm not sure. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know about, about this. Uh, It's getting in front of people. And and it just always kind of shakes me. And then coming across that, that quote of like in the early church, it wasn't like, what do you, what do you mean you're not baptized? Yeah. Well, how could you, how could you think of not being baptized? Are, do you believe in Jesus as your Lord, God, and Savior? Yes or no? Yeah. If it's yes, then let's get you baptized. You you need to be doing this because it's not for you. Yeah. Or maybe it's for you, but it's not about you. And there's no halfway. Like it's, you are just making this decision to be for Christ. So it's like, if you're making that decision, then this public show that you're making that decision. Like there's no question about it because you are just in relationship with Christ, right? Like there's no, there's nothing to debate about. Am I ready for this? Am I afraid of the people? It's totally this. I'm in this relationship with Christ. So I'm going to show this with my life anyway. Yeah. So if I'm not being baptized and am I showing it with my life? Like, not that you have to be baptized to show Christ through your life, but just like you're doing it anyway. So it's like, this is just on top of like, this is another part of that. Yeah. So yeah. But you do see that a lot today. Yeah. So let me finish with this last thought, um, that really kind of astounded me. Um, it doesn't matter who baptizes you. Yeah. Because it matters who you're baptized into. Amen. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't matter who baptizes you because it matters who you're baptized into. So Mm -hmm. in in scripture, Paul talks about um, the Israelites being baptized into Moses and that's under his leadership and that figurehead. And then we had John's baptism of water and then Jesus came along and and baptism uh, by spirit or fire. And everyone, you look throughout the New Testament, it's that they're baptized into Jesus' name. Yeah. And that's where we get that you're clothed in Jesus. You take that on. Yeah. Now, there's this really interesting story in Acts chapter 8 uh, where Simon is 
kind of like a magician. He's just impressing people, but they call oh, yeah, him like guy. the yeah. Lord of God or some, they give him a crazy oh, title. Man. And, yeah. but then Philip shows up and starts preaching Jesus and people are like, hold up, this is some real glory of God here. And they get baptized and Simon gets baptized. And then he starts following Philip around. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Right. Yeah. Check, check. Yeah. <laughs> Peter and John show up cause they're like, Hey, we heard this is happening. Let's, let's come talk. And they're like, wait, there's no Holy spirit. And people are like, no, we were baptized in Jesus name. And they're like, hold up, what's going on here? And, and then Simon, uh, they start praying for the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes down and Simon's like, yo, can I get in on that action? Tries to offer <laughs> Peter money and he just loses his mind like he always does because we love yep. Peter that way. And the, the crazy part of it is all of this that the commentators come to you or that I realize when you read about Simon and the Samaritans and, and, and Philip, Philip talks about Jesus and then everyone else talks about Philip. Hmm. And then Simon sees what Peter and John are doing. And he's like, hey, I want some of that. The focus was always on the leader. Yeah. Not on Jesus. It was on, yeah. the, uh, I put it this way. It's on the performance and not the person. Hmm. And that's where we need to get our heads straight. Why are we getting baptized? Is it because I love what the preacher's been saying and I love that church and like they're just doing good things? That doesn't matter. Being baptized into yeah. the church means nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's that's why it's like your salvation is not in your baptism, but you should be baptized into the Jesus Christ. Yeah, baptized. That is your leadership. Christ. Baptized yeah. in Christ. That's good. That's and I think like for the purpose of this con or this podcast, it's like when teaching our kids about baptism, when talking to them, whatever age they are, like we can do our part in just explaining how this is about your relationship with Jesus. Yeah. This is just, if you are confessing Jesus, then this is just part of that. This is you saying, I'm part of Christ. Yeah. I am being baptized into Christ. I'm confessing him with my life. Now, when it comes to church and church complications and stuff like that, it's like when you're baptized, you're baptized into the Christ, who is the universal church. So the yeah. specific church you're baptized at, like that's not going to... It it's matter. not like Christ is going to be like, oh, you got baptized at this church? Oh, down the street? I'm so You were so close, but you missed the mark there. Yeah. No, he's not going to say that. That's not what it's about. No, so. it's about relationship. It's about yeah. family. It's about community. And uh, so if you haven't been baptized, go talk to your pastor. I think it's a good idea. Talk to Nate. Well, other people listen to this too. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. We'll uh, check in with you next week. Yeah, thanks so much for hanging.